I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Rocco Grillo, a Managing Director with the consulting firm ProTivity, and Gary Roboff, Senior Advisor to the consulting firm Santa Fe Group and Manager of its Shared Assessments Program, which provides third-party risk management services. Rocco and Gary will be discussing with me some key findings from the recently released 2015 Vendor Risk Management Benchmark Study conducted by ProTivity and the Shared Assessments Program. So now, gentlemen, for starters, very briefly tell me how many companies and what sectors you examined for this study and what were some of the key findings? Well, I, I think one of the first ones that we started out with is financial services, but it wasn't limited just to financial services as in the past. We've gone across industry to include the insurance sector. We've included the healthcare sector as well as another category covering the remaining industries. I think some of the pieces that we were able to come across is that while there's still a lot of work to go, or a lot of a long way to go in terms of vendor risk management maturity across the overall industry. Some movement has been made, but in some instances, it may appear that the findings are not as positive as we had anticipated. And uh, while that may look at a glass half empty approach, uh, the idea behind it is we believe that more and more companies have gotten vigilant or more assertive in terms of tackling risks around vendor risk management. That's right, Rocco. I think we had about 450 responses to the survey, a little more than last year. And you you tend to see in in an instance like this where the cybersecurity bar is going up and going up and going up, you see management realizing, sometimes better realizing, what the delta is between where they are in fact and where they need to be. And we think that's part of the story in this year's report. So now tell me what are some of the weaknesses and strengths that you found and in what sector do you see the most problems at this point? This is uh, Gary, and I'll, I'll just say that we have a sort of a two clusters. We have financial services who, for the second year in a row, is doing significantly better than our three other categories, as Rocco said, healthcare, insurance, and then sort of an all-other group. And that's because uh, of the regulatory environment in which banks have lived for a number of years, and they've simply gotten better at understanding the environment, gathering the resources necessary to do the job, and that you see that across the report. I think one of the other pieces that we can continue to see where companies have put their focus on is around policy standards and procedures. That's one of the most advanced uh, components on the findings. I think that comes across the industry. Most companies are looking at the vendors. Do they have the policies and standards to sustain securing 
the data that may be outsourced to them or that they may be hosting. So now, how did the healthcare sector rank with other industries with their vendor risk management programs? And what are some of the biggest lessons that you think that the healthcare sector can learn from some of these other sectors when it comes to improving vendor risk management practices? Well, I think if you look at healthcare, the expectation is that they're heavily regulated. Um, they've obviously had their bumps over the last. 12 plus months, if not longer, in the uh, cyber attack arena. Um, but if you compare them to the financial services arena, they're not as mature as you may expect. And again, financial services has, has been leading the charge in vendor risk management for years now. But at the same time, one of the key pieces from a financial services perspective, we've always reverted back to, well, they're heavily regulated. Well, that the same can be said for the healthcare space. HIPAA requirements and the scrutiny from regulators continues to be there in the healthcare space. And you know, given the attacks that we've seen or the data loss that we've seen in the healthcare space, focus on third-party risk or vendor risk is an area that we would like to have seen stronger results. Now, it's not to say that the healthcare arena is not taking cybersecurity risks seriously. I mean, even just from our everyday experience in helping healthcare organizations from a cybersecurity standpoint, it's at the board level. Um, but I think from the results that we received, we would expect it to see a lot more focus or emphasis on managing the risks around third-party vendor risk management. I think if you squint and and sort of go up a few thousand feet, there's about somewhere between a half a point uh, difference between the financial services group, the banking group, and 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 really all other sectors. And um, you see that in a, in an amazing consistency actually across across the data. At there are about 126 separate categories where in the study we we ask people to assess their maturity levels and it's simply amazing to me to see how consistent the gaps are the the actual numbers vary a little bit but um, the gaps are very similar and you and this is the kind of of a thing that we've now seen for the second year in a row and you know I think some of the headlines this year really reflect some of the issues which are particularly acute in healthcare. So when it comes to gaps in maturity, where are some of the weak spots in vendor risk management in the healthcare sector? Specifically, what are healthcare organizations and healthcare-related entities doing that really puts a bigger target on them for cybersecurity? Let me speak generally. If you sort of look at the numbers overall, the areas where we tend to be weakest in the it, really across every sector are, are in some ways what you'd expect. So around skills and expertise, for example, we as all industries are not doing as well as we would like. And you know, in terms of information sharing in some sectors, that's a problem as well. 
the way that the study is is done, there are really five levels of grade that someone can get, and they're defined so that a level of three means that a program is fully defined and established. And I think it's fair to say that, again, going up about 10,000 feet, that if you look at banks generally, they tend to be 3.1, 3.2, high level average. And all other clusters uh, are around 2.7, 2.6. So what you see is a group of companies that really don't yet have fully defined and established programs. Better in some areas than others, skills and expertise is a great example. And everybody, you see this everywhere. People are saying there just aren't enough skilled individuals to help us do the job that we need to do. That's an industry-wide problem. Gary, you're exactly right, and I think you touched on a couple of points there. Well, a lack of experienced personnel is one piece that we've seen in the healthcare space. Tying that back into program maturity, it's not as if the healthcare industry is not aware of what's going on. They absolutely recognize it. But now it's do we have the right personnel, do we have the right technology, and really the maturity of our program ties into preparation and responding to a breach. You can take a company's incident response program and extend that out to a healthcare provider's service providers or vendors. What does their incident response program look like? What what kind of expertise do they have on in place? Is the preparation around that for healthcare companies to respond if a third party loses their data. By contrast, not to keep going back to the financial services sector, they're looking at their service providers. They're looking at their service providers to have the expertise or an incident response plan in place and notify them if the third parties lost that data. It's not to say the healthcare industry is not looking for that, but the mature process in their program itself isn't mandating that from their vendors across the board. So now you conducted this survey last year as well. What are the biggest changes you've seen in the various sectors when it comes to vendor risk management since last year? What sort of improvements or maybe even slacking off have you seen from year to year? So we've actually seen very little change. And again, this goes back to the perception that we have anyway that there's an increasingly widespread understanding of the scope of the challenge. We did something interesting. We This year, we had an opportunity to go back and to look for the first time for both 2014 and 2015 uh, across all sectors at, the, at, at how people responded to the questions sorted by their level of seniority. So we had about, for example, 25, 26% of the respondents were C-level respondents. They, you know, chief uh, auditor, uh, chief information security officer, chief IT officer. We had uh, another large group in the VP director level, sort of that middle layer, and then another large cluster at the manager level. And we saw in both years that the higher the level, 
the lower the score. And I'll, I'll give you just a couple of examples. So um, in, in 2015, managers on average across all industries rank the maturity of their programs about a 2.8. Vice president level individuals were also about a 2.8. And uh, C-level actually ranked about a, a 2.4. And those scores changed a little bit if you go back and look at the 2014 data, some slight change. But the fact that the more senior people actually perceived there to be a more difficult environment is sort of exactly what you'd expect, right? Because from an enterprise security perspective, it's the C-level respondents who are going to have the most uh, the current understanding of the internal capabilities of the firm, as well as the best reading on the external environment, they actually improved. So, for example, in 2014, C-level uh, respondents gave about a you know a two three, uh, and then in 2015 about a two point four. There was very little change at the manager level between the two years, but at the VP level, interestingly, the, there was a significant downward shift. So about uh, 2.7, 2.8 in 2014 to about uh, 2.5, 2.6 in uh, 2015. So one way you could interpret those results is that the, manage, the middle management layer got it this year. And that's a first step. That's really necessary to, to really understand what the scope of the problem is so that you can deal with it effectively. To add to Gary's point, I think you almost look at one of the findings last year as far as governance. From a governance standpoint, the findings showed that most companies weren't strong. But I think what we're finding here is while the results may show that there's a, a long way to go and um, programs may not have come in as mature, um, I believe that the people that are monitoring their programs are doing a more thorough job. They're expecting more out of the programs given everything that's going on. They're, they're more familiar with some of the controls that are needed to combat cybersecurity. In, in addition to that, from a senior executive level, the tone at the top sets this. Now, that doesn't mean just because they recognize it, the program's mature. But by and large, you've got senior executives that recognize it, and you've got personnel at the operational level that are looking at their program. And while it may not be as mature as we like it to be, they're striving to make improvements. Finally, if there's just one thing that organizations can do right now that could make a dramatic improvement in their vendor risk management programs, what would that be, particularly as it addresses reducing cybersecurity risks? So I think that it's a resource issue uh, at the top of that list, Marianne. You know, we see in survey after survey after survey that uh, resource levels um, are not anywhere near where they need to be. And resource means a lot of things. It means individual talent, number of, of people in each area. It means the 
amount of funds that you have for the right tools and you know the right analytic capability that is a crying need and you know in in some areas that's easier to do than others there are some sectors think of of retailing just as an example of that where margins are so, are so thin that the availability of funds to move you know your resource base is not what it it should be you really have to sort of make adjustments perhaps to the business model but in in uh, healthcare in uh, banking uh, in the insurance area you would think that there there's more flexibility and that you will see over the course of uh, the next year or so significantly greater level of resources put against these issues to couple that with a repeatable process is something that is essential, especially for companies that may have not shared as well in the survey or have the most mature programs. The silos need to go, and that starts with having a governance framework around this and establishing a repeatable process that continues in an ongoing manner that if a weakness is identified at a certain vendor, one, there needs to be that process in place that either the deficiency is remediated or that provider is exited from providing services uh, to the healthcare organization or any organization for that matter. And further to that, it needs to be consistent throughout. It can't be an either-or or exceptions when convenient. It needs to be established. The governance needs to be embraced and carried throughout. And there'll be a lot of hard decisions along the way because it's very easy to take the statement I made earlier and indicate that if a particular vendor is out of compliance, they're going to be removed. But at the same time, if a contingency plan or a replacement isn't put in place, especially for a service that the organization relies on, it's easier said than done. Thanks, Rocco. Thanks, Gary. I've been speaking to Rocco Grillo and Gary Roboff. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.